we're not a marketing tool, we're actually mums. You know, we're not just mums that have been put on the back of a tin. We've, you know, we've walked in the shoes of, you know, so many women during this period and that we are, um, you know, we've got a great product and we're a really good plan B for those women that, you know, might not be able to breastfeed that wanted to. That is Charlotte Chambers for this very first episode of From Birth to Business. I am your host, Britt, and I just want to wish you a very warm welcome. If you listened to the intro episode that I published last week, you will know that I had big, bold plans to start releasing this podcast when I was 37 weeks pregnant. Turns out the last few weeks of pregnancy are full on and so is postpartum. (laughs) So I'm now nine months into being the mother of my baby girl, Lily, and we're ready to start publishing, finally. If you know of any mums that have created a product in the pregnancy, birth, postpartum or baby space, then I would love to hear from you. You can submit a recommendation via the website from birthtobusiness.com and I will endeavour to get them on the podcast so we can all hear their business story. Okay, let's get into episode one and I will let Charlotte introduce herself. Here we go. Charlotte, what brand are you the founder of and who are you a mother to? I am one of four female directors of Mama Moo Baby Formula. I am the mother to Mac, who is six, and George, who is nine. Amazing. Can you uh, give us a glimpse into who you were and what you were doing before you launched Mama Moo? Yeah, sure. So I worked in media for... um, 15 years before I had my first child. So I worked in uh, street press. So I worked on um, music magazines in South Australia. And uh, there was another magazine that I worked on as well, which was a fashion magazine. So all free publications, but quite highly curated um, content. So I suppose um, getting that job in my early twenties was like a dream come true because the industry was so fun and, and, uh, I loved working there. And I think I most definitely had a case of Peter Pan syndrome because as much as I've always loved babies and children myself, I couldn't actually marry up me as Charlotte Chambers media, um, you know, the whole fashion industry stuff with being a mother because in my mind being a mother and having a family and having children was like super uncool it was just one of those things that just I I I really had to push myself to do to be honest my identity was really closely connected with um with my job because everyone knew me from you know being in the industry and and um and you know and working there and you know as children do they they change you, they change your um, priorities and perspective in such a beautiful way that, you know, I no longer thought that people that had children were uncool um, and daggy and all of those boring things that I had made it up to be in my head. I was still me um, and a better version of myself, basically. 
So you became a mum and you created Mamamoo with three other mum friends. Can you walk us through why you decided to create a product in the formula category and also how you found the development process? There really was this gaping hole in the infant formula industry starting Mamamoo, it was just like, well, surprisingly easy, <laughs> like, you know, you know, because it was just something that wasn't, it was, you know, it's such a stale category. It's such a stale industry that coming along with something that was new and fresh and modern and authentic that used an Australian milk, like, you know, whoa, we're using Australian milk in Australia. It's like, um, that was... Um, yeah, it was, it was actually quite, you know, it, like the pitch was quite easy, to be honest. We were lucky to launch in South Australia because in South Australia we have, um, so on the eastern, in the eastern states, you've kind of got your majors, you've got your Coles and your Woolies and the IGAs are kind of like not really like as popular. Um, but in South Australia, we've got a group called Foodland and they are, they basically match the size of a Coles and Woolies here, but they're independent and they're South Australian and they love supporting South Australian products. So getting in there was uh, was probably easier because we were in South Australia and it had that different um, like retail model. Um, and then we got into national pharmacies as well, which is a South Australian really um, um, high quality uh, pharmacy group. And we got in there, so 50 stores. So before we knew it, we and then we got into Drake's as well, which was another independent that had 50. Before we knew it, we had like 200 stores to launch. So that really set us um, on a really great um, path for testing the market to see if this is actually going to work. Wow. So you pitched and negotiated all of these retail deals uh, before you kind of went public with the brand. How did you get the word out? We just kind of... We just went for it. We, um, you know, we did um, a lot of social media. We did a lot of um, print advertising and like, you know, opportunities like this, you know, talking to people, just having conversations, letting them know that it was there, um, letting them know that, you know, we're not, we're not a marketing tool. We're actually mums, you know, we're not just mums that have been put on the back of a tin. We've, you know, we've walked in the shoes of, you know, so many women during this period and that we are, um, you know, we've got a great product and we're a really good plan B for those women that, you know, might not be able to breastfeed that wanted to. Such an important message and service for women feeling really vulnerable during postpartum. I want to shift gears uh, slightly and ask you how have you found and I guess navigated being the co-founder of a business with three other women. We all work close, so closely together and we're all really good friends. So it hasn't felt like really hard work, if that makes sense. Like it's been exciting because we've had such great success to this point. Um, and, you know, we are really excited about this year because we just obviously got into Chemist Warehouse nationally. So that was our first national retailer so that's another 500 stores so now it's just kind of like pushing the e-commerce side of the business and learning more about the marketing digital marketing and all those sorts of things to keep pushing it 
I forgot, I forgot to ask you before. Um, so after the four of you came together and identified a gap in the market, how long was it until you were ready with the product to launch? Probably about a year and a half. We wanted to work quickly because we didn't want anyone else to enter the market. Um, and we were, I suppose, just we knew that we had something that was really unique and we, we wanted to be first to, to market with, with this type of product and our, the type of marketing that we were going to do. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, and we were just all so excited about it as well. I mean, we're a bit tired now, but we had a lot of energy back then. Uh, it's kind of explaining now, but it's, I think, I think, you know, when I think about Mama Moo, when I think about the business, I feel excited. So we've heard about how you are stocked in stores, but how did you go about building the e-com side of the business? Yeah, so we, you know, I think through COVID as well, like, you know, every single day it was like parcels just rocking up randomly. And um, I think we all learned to do things differently. And one of those things was shopping online. And we always knew that this was a product which had a really um, – a strong home in an e-commerce uh, business and we knew that as well because it's a product that lends itself to subscriptions so we um, straight off the bat we were like right we have to get into subscriptions because it's a product that once you start using it you could be using it you could go through a tin a week um, for six months so we know that that reoccurring uh, subscription model works really well with certain things, toilet paper, coffee, um, baby formula, you know, they're kind of, you know, even baby formula more than anything, to be honest, because that's the food for the soft food for lots of babies. So really setting up the the subscription base and launching the website, we obviously outsourced the, um, the building of our Shopify site to a developer. And then we worked basically with them on all of the, uh, I suppose, the the marketing assets and to make it as user-friendly as we could possibly do. And really building the e-commerce side of the business is uh, something that we are really um, excited about doing because, you know, it's it's instant money for us. It's um, it's reoccurring money and it's, and it's really scalable. So, um, but we also knew in tandem because we ran our e-commerce site without any national retailers for two We knew of the issues that we were having with, you know, we had a lot of rural customers. So we'd have like, you know, customers in Northern Territory um, on cattle stations and they would get their, obviously their subscriptions. We'd send out their, their mamamoo to them. And if the post got lost or if they'd forgotten to order something, they were in a situation where, they had no product and that was we were constantly putting out fires like that because when a mother calls in to mama moo or messages us or emails us we treat we treat that as if it's a friend right um and we would be all on the phone being like right we've got a customer in wa um you know 
the, you know, something's happened with her, you know, her parcel's been lost. She's got like two days worth of milk. And we had one retailer in WA. So we'd like literally get on the phone. We'd call them and we'd be like, hi, we've got a customer. Do you have any stage two? And they'd be like, yeah, we've got a tin. Okay, okay, can you please put that on hold? We've Ubered tins to people. You know, we've, we've like, we really, when we say we care, like we care like, you are our family and you are our best friend. And we we don't want you to be without milk. We don't want you to be in a situation where you don't have what you need because of something that's happened out of our control. So, you know, we've, we've done some crazy things to make sure that people don't go without. And we really hope that we can scale that level of customer service in a more efficient manner um, as we move forward, because we know how important customer service is to ourselves. Um, and that's, that's where we were having a lot of issues with not being able to send them to a national bricks and mortar store. So, you know, now with that, and we, and we really wanted to be a campus warehouse, like that was our number one pick of that national retailer. And um, they have just been absolutely incredible to work with. They're actually a family run business themselves. So we just have been really just lucky to have, you know, and they just got the brand straight away, like literally in our pitch, they were like, yep, we love it. And we were like, so that's it. And they were like, well, yeah, I mean, we just could do some paperwork and we were like, yes. So we literally got into the car after and we were like, oh, did that just happen? We just went out for lunch and we just popped champagne and we were so happy. It was like the best day of our lives. Um, so, but now having that, you know, the e-commerce really needs to be supported with that bricks and mortar for this specific product. It's not like a yogurt where you can just change brands. Babies need to have that consistency. It's really important for them when they get on it. They don't like change. I don't blame them. I'm a moo taste the best. So um, they can tell it's not up a moo. Um, so, so we, uh, you know, we really, we're really, we can continue to scale the uh, the e-commerce side of the business supported by that national retailer. It's a, you know, it's a safety net for our e-commerce uh, customers that they know that if something happens or, you know, mums are tired as well. Like they're sleep deprived. Sometimes they'll think they've done an order and they haven't. Sometimes they do three orders accidentally and you know, there's a whole, there's a whole gamut of either ordering not enough or too much. And when it happens perfectly, it's great, but that doesn't always happen. So we're there to try and fill in the gaps as best we possibly can. Um, but it's just, it's, it's really reassuring for us. Like when we actually got onto the shelf at Chemist Warehouse, I think we all just kind of collapsed in our chair that we didn't have to have those conversations anymore where we felt just as stressed as our consumers, you know? So, um, about not having that product. So now at least with such a wide um, distribution model um, that Kemp's Warehouse has, that we can now basically assist them and, um, you know, be like, you know, you can go here, um, you know, and get a tin if you need. So, but yeah, we look forward to continuing um, to scale the e-commerce side of the business because it's, um, yeah, it just gives us, you know, contact with our consumers. It's great feedback and the profit margin is better. In terms of your digital marketing and operations, do you manage that between the four of you and divvy it up or are you relying on agencies or freelancers? Yeah, I mean, we are, at the moment, we outsource most parts of the business 
just because um, we're not in a position at the moment as we are scaling and a startup to have um, to be too heavy on 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 wages. So for us, you know, a lot of it's project based. Um, we're looking to start starting to work next uh, this year with a digital agency, um, which has been a hard process up until this point because we have gone through a few and they had the fit hasn't been right. And you know, if you talk about women in business and having to, you know, to to run business, a lot of it is we have had to upskill ourselves. So I didn't know anything about digital marketing but now can run campaigns and on Facebook and Instagram. And, you know, we, we worked out, you know, Clavio and all of our EDM stuff and, um, you know, trying to still get our head around understanding all those metrics and all the analytics that um, those platforms give you. But, you know, we, we had to do that because we, we want to learn as much as we can. Um, and also from an affordability perspective as well, it's like, you know, this is like, this is really, this money and this budget, marketing budget is really precious to us. We want to make sure that we're, we're getting the most bang for our buck. Um, and I, but I, I do think, I do feel like we're at a point now where we need to outsource certain parts of our business to make sure that, you know, we give, it's in the right hands basically, um. But yeah, I, I mean, look, I think at some point I'm hoping that there will be an opportunity where we can have um, like an internal like digital marketing team um, overseen by us still. But, you know, just someone that really understands the, the brand and the messaging as well to help us kind of push that out. Because really, if you talk about the USP and the business, it's that we're Australian, we're owned by mums, and that we authentically support all feeding journeys. And that's just not something that anyone in the infant formula industry in Australia in the history has ever said. And we just think that that is just crazy because that's what women want, right? Just because you can't breastfeed doesn't mean that you don't get the same support or you don't get to feel positive about that feeding journey. And unfortunately, uh, historically, infant formula has had just the most terrible reputation. And we just want to kind of, we want that when that mother is standing in that supermarket aisle, unable to breastfeed, having to make that decision to formula feed, that they can use Mama Moo and be able to tell their friends really proudly that they are formula feeding. You know, we don't think that the only ones that get to stand on the podium are the breastfeeding mothers. We feel that all mothers should be able to feel proud of, of feeding their baby. The only ones that should not feel great are the ones that don't feed their baby. And that's why the whole feed is best thing for us, we think is irrelevant because of course, feeding your baby is best. But we say that supported and educated is actually best uh, because women should have all the right to all the information um, and they should be supported in whatever decision that they choose to make. Yes, I absolutely agree with you. I think feeling supported during such a fragile and new time in a woman's life is the most important thing out there. I know. And I think, I think women of my age, older, um, 
have just, I think the expectations of, um, of the industry have been very low, but I, I feel like your generation and the generation that'll come up, um, you know, after you, they will, they, they demand more, you know, they want more information. They want to feel, you know, connected to the brands. They want to feel supported by the healthcare system to do whatever it is, whether it's, that's a C-sections, natural births, whatever it is, they want to have all the information and they, they have a right to having all the, to have all the information. And once they have that information, they need to be supported on whatever that decision is. So I think it's, I think we came at the right time that the narrative has changed a lot around infant formula feeding. I feel like it was really taboo, even like literally two, two and a half years ago when we started coming up with this, I feel like even in that two and a half years, the narrative has really changed. Like now you see women on social media, you know, you used to only see the breastfeeding ones, you know, putting out, you know, them breastfeeding their baby. And now it's like, well, no, actually, um, I'm formula feeding my baby and, mm. and that's okay. Uh, I would love for you to share any advice that you have for another mum who has a product concept, but no idea where to begin. Um, do your research. So make sure that, you know, you've got you've got a product that's not already in the market. Um, I think just, you know, it sounds like common sense, but it's, um, I think, you know, you need to know that whatever you're putting out there hasn't already been done or done better than what you can do it. And if it has been done, I mean, obviously infant formulas existed, but we thought we were, we knew we could do it better. We knew that we could do it better from an Australian perspective and having those Australian ingredients and we also knew that we could do it from a um, you know a communication and marketing perspective so I think just really knowing whatever industry you're going into and doing as much research as you possibly can um, I get asked for advice all the time on business ideas and I I love giving advice because um, you know I think I I I wish that I had maybe had that same advice given to me by somebody as a, like a mentor earlier on in, in business as well. So I, I feel like do your research and, um, you know, find some mentors, I think is a really important one. Um, we've, we've lent really heavily on key people in certain different areas and industries. Um, at the end of the day, we're mums. We're not um, manufacturers. We haven't had um, any experience in, um, you know, supermarket scale and market and, and um, you know, and pricing models and terms and all of those sorts of things, as well as even just like the accounting side of the business. So we and the manufacturing and the, you know, the science and development part. So we've really outsourced the areas that we are not proficient in and made sure that we connect with as many mentors. I mean, I think before we launched, we were having just so many meetings with different women entrepreneurs. We, you know, got involved in the CEO project. Um, we would, I'd listen to podcasts, um, uh, Mia's business podcast, what's it called? Uh, Lady Startup. I listened to a lot of episodes of that. 
your podcast, Birth to Business. Uh, yeah, so just finding as much information and doing your research and also knowing, I suppose, how important marketing is to a business um, because you can fall really flat with bad marketing or substandard marketing because there's a lot of people out there. I mean, it, everything's so visual these days as well is that you really need to nail that marketing. Um, and if you don't think you've got the skills to do it yourself, outsource that part of your business because once you've got that that brand kit and that branded identity, you can then roll that out yourself through Canva, which we love Canva so much. Game changer. Um, so for me, um, yeah, like really nailing the marketing and the design and getting and working with a designer or working with an agency to kind of develop that initial uh, identity of what you're putting out is really important. And then, like I said, you can go and take a you know a brand kit and fonts and colors and work with that. And you could do it uh, more affordably in programs like Canva. But I think really just kind of nailing that that marketing side of the business is super So important. Um, any tips for the business mum juggle? Outsourcing as much as you can. <laughs> Things that you don't like doing and that you're also not good at like cleaning and ironing. Um, if you can afford to do it, I would suggest doing that for your own sanity because women just keep loading on all the things, just keep doing more and more and more and more and more. Um, supportive partners, incredibly important. Um, uh, grandparents, very important. I mean, the amount of times, I mean, I'm really blessed to have an incredibly supportive um, network of, uh, my mum, sometimes I just have to like last minute do something and just literally just like, yeah, I've dropped the kids at the end of the lane, come and grab them. Um, so I, you know, just, you know, I mean, not everyone has that. And I understand that it is a huge privilege to be able to outsource some of that childcare to family members. Um, but that's been a really kind of, it's been, you know, key to my success, to be honest, um, without that. I wouldn't be able to do what I've done in either business, you know, um, and I've been really lucky to have really good, like easy kids as well. Like my Mac used to just, you know, he'd just sit in his little bassinet thing and I'd be working and, you know, he'd just, he'd sit there happily and, you know, he'd go off and play for a couple of hours and come back for some food and I'd be all right off you go again. And um, so look, I've had, you know, I'm, I'm also just lucky that I haven't had like super annoying children that have like not allowed me to work because I've worked from home for five years um, that, you know, they've been kind of integrated into me having to work from home. But I am also a really big believer of, um, you know, like I'm, I'm really, I've really honed my efficiencies. I'm so much more of an efficient worker now that I've had children than what I was when I was working for someone. Like now I can, you know, answer like 30 emails in like eight minutes kind of thing. And I think, you know, there's never going to be the perfect balance, but, you know, I put a lot of energy into making sure that I get out of my children what I need to get out of them, that love and that special time and the book reading and the playing and all those sorts of things. And then they get that back from me. And also then integrating some time for myself. I'm quite selfish in 
like non-negotiables of um, exercising. My kids every morning, they're like, are you going to Pilates again? And I'm like, well, I only go twice a week. I know it feels like every day, but you know, and I just have to say like, yeah, I am. Like it makes mommy happy. You know, we all want a happy mom. Like, you know, so I just, I do look after myself in that way as well, that I don't feel, I don't feel beaten down. I don't feel worn out. I don't feel, you know, too stressed. My kids are older now as well. So I'm not having to, I don't have the sleep deprivation. So everything moving forward for us is probably easier um, than when that like tiny baby stage, you, you just have to resign yourself to just being there and being for them and not thinking, I've got to launch a podcast. That's <laughs> very true. And note taken. Okay, last question of the day. Are there any other brands founded by Australian mums that you love and would recommend? Uh, Bungie uh, do really great um, bath products. Um, and they are not mothers, but they are friends of ours. They're two, um, that's a women um, led uh, startup and they are it's a really fantastic product it smells really beautiful it's really natural prebiotics and probiotics so bungee and then yeah the mr girls and i there's probably like a thousand other amazing australian female owned um businesses that i've forgotten or haven't remembered but um yeah i just think you know you you want to you want to feel good about any purchase right whatever that is and i think knowing who's behind businesses and and knowing where your products come from um it's just the way of the future it's it's it just makes you know where you spend your money you know we've got a saying you know because who you buy from matters and it, and it really does matter <laughs> <laughs>